0: All right, let's jump into the word today. We're on our series called Inside Out Living. So get your Bibles out, your sermon notes out, Version Bible apps. You can open up, get the sermon notes on there. Let's open to 2 Corinthians chapter four. 2 Corinthians chapter four. Uber pumped today about what God has for me. And I say that just receiving what God has for me in my life. I'm, I'm just pumped about what God's saying. He's just been speaking to me about my inner man. And man, I've been shedding some outer man. I've been shedding some stuff, shedding some feelings, shedding some issues, shed, shedding things I didn't even know were things. God wants you to know what's on the inside of you is greater than what's on the outside of you. I'm excited for what God has in store for you. I'm excited for what Jesus did for you and what he's going to reveal to you. I believe some things are going to be opened up to you. You're going to see things clearer than you've ever seen. You're going to see yourself through a different perspective because when we have God on the inside, what's on the outside doesn't stand a chance. That'll sink in a minute. You start shouting, God on the inside. If God be for me, who can be against me? We say that verse do we, mean, do we mean that verse, or is this just something we throw out? If God be for me, who can be against me? Right? Second Corinthians chapter 4, have you found it yet? Let's look at it, see what, uh, what the Bible says. This is going to be our launching scripture, and we'll go to a few others from here. But it says, therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction, which is but for a moment sometimes it's a little longer moments than others, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are what? Temporary, but the things which are not seen are what? Eternal, eternal. So let's look in verse 16 again. Therefore we do not lose heart. We talked about lose heart means to, uh, to be afraid or to, to become discouraged or to become weary. Or tired to lose one's motivation to accomplish a valid goal. I think we got those, that on the slide there, definitions. We've got that for you to lose that. So, the, the purpose of this part where he says, do not lose heart. What we've gotta read into that is God has given us a directive, he's not just making a suggestion, he's saying do not do this. What is he saying? Do not be afraid, do not become discouraged, do not become weary or tired, do not lose your motivation. It does not mean that we will not feel afraid. It does not mean we will not feel discouraged. It doesn't mean we will not feel tired. It doesn't mean we will not feel like we've lost our motivation. Feeling is one thing, becoming is another. Now, we can argue with God all day long that we have a right to feel what we feel, and we can get defensive and we can say things like, Well, everybody feels that way, but when God says, Do not do something, we need to pay attention. And again, we can justify ourselves, say, Well, I think it's all right if I feel that way. Anytime we use a defense, Against God, and our first words are, I think. Or I just feel like it's, wait a minute, it doesn't matter what we think, it doesn't matter what we feel, it matters what God says. So we got to rearrange our thinking. Are we supposed to think? Absolutely we're supposed to think. But we're supposed to think in line with what God says. We're not supposed to take what God says and then measure it against what we think and decide if we like it or not. We're supposed to say, this is what God says, so I'm going to start thinking like God says. That's how we're supposed to work. That's how he set it up. So he says, just don't don't feel, don't become these things. It's okay. So when something happens in our life, this is important. He says, do not lose heart. When something happens in our life and we experience a feeling, whatever it is, could be all across the gamut, you fill in the blank, we need to ask two questions. Number one, we need to ask the question, what is the source of this feeling? Who is the author of this feeling? Now, I'm not talking about feelings in general. We know we all have feelings and it's okay. I'm not against feelings. What God is telling us, don't be led by your feelings. Feelings are part of our makeup, joy, sadness, all these things, uh, feelings are good. But I'm talking about in the moment, who is the author, who is the source of that feeling in that moment? Is sadness okay? Absolutely, yes. Is, it, is discouragement going to happen? Absolutely, it's going to come. But in that moment, who is the source? Who's speaking to me? And number one, I determine whether it's valid. And again, whether it's valid is not based on it's valid because I feel it. And valid is not based on because everybody else feels it. Valid is based on did God give me this feeling? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That'll filter out a lot of stuff because we feel things all the time. So I need to ask in this moment, is this God giving me this feeling or is it the devil or is it my flesh? I need to ask one of those three people. And once I do that, then I need to ask what's the proper duration of this feeling. If your feeling comes anywhere other than from God, you need to eject it immediately. Disqualify it. You have no right to stay. I just feel so discouraged. Did that come from God? No. Okay. never mind. I'm not going to feel discouraged if it didn't come from God. You don't wait till you feel undiscouraged before you say, I'm not going to be discouraged. You got to say in that moment, no, I'm going to, David, this is, did this. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Who did he encourage? He encouraged his outer man with his inner man. All right. So now. So once, and then once I realize it's from God, if, okay, it's from God, so it's good, it's proper in this moment, now I got to ask, what's the duration of time to feel this way? Some, t- some things absolutely come from God, but they're not supposed to be forever. Sometimes we get caught up in a feeling that is absolutely of God, it is righteous, it's valid, but then we want to stay there too long and we miss what God wanted to do in that moment. For every season, there is a time. There's a time to mourn, and there's a time to dance. There's a time to mourn. There's mourning, sadness. Is it from God? Yes. Is it a feeling? Yes. All of that is good, but there's a time for it, and then once that time is up, we need to move on. It doesn't mean we forget them. It doesn't mean we don't miss them anymore. None of that is what we're talking about. It means I'm not going to stay in grief and let it bring me down. There's a time for that feeling, but once that time's over, then I got to begin to dance and rejoice for what they were in my life, be grateful for them, thank God for them, and move forward and celebrate them by living forward instead of living in the past. See, it's good. There's a time for feelings. There's a time to be excited, being joyful, but you can't ride that way forever. Right. You're going to have to come down eventually. So we got to know the season. we got to don't lose heart. So we just don't become these things. All right, so now I've got the proper duration. We've got to distinguish between inner man and outer man. Outer man gets its prompts and operates in the five sense realm. Inner man gets its prompts and operates in the spirit realm. Outer man is temporary. Inner man is eternal. All right, now let's go to John chapter 3. John chapter three, we're going to talk about the inner man, the source of our life, inner man. John chapter three, the gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I'm going to start reading there in verse one. Our inner man is our source of life. You need to know today that there's a difference between your inner you and your outer you. When I say inner man, I'm not talking about a male. I'm just talking about your spirit. So you can say your inner you, inner you, your inner person, inner you, outer you. So let's talk about the, and see the distinction. I'm going to show you some places in the Bible where there's a distinction between the inner man or inner you and the outer you. Verse 1 of chapter 3. So there's a man of the Pharisees, the religious leaders, named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi... We know that you are a teacher come from God for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Now notice he says, Rabbi, we know. Everything that we see in scripture, Nicodemus is by himself. It's like, who's we? Like we say, hey, you got a mouse in your pocket? Who's we? He says, we know. So he's just coming by himself, but he's speaking for, for we, we know he's, he doesn't want to be in this on his own. We know that you're from God. No one can do these things unless God's with him. So now look what he says. Jesus answered and said to him, most assured. I like this how Nicodemus comes out and he just, you know, starts this conversation. And Jesus did not even pay attention. There's no pleasantries. There's no, hey, Nick, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That is so nice of you to say. He didn't say any of that. He didn't say, wow, you know, yeah, well, I'm, I'm grateful for that. It's really not me. It's God. He Here's the word, first words out of Jesus' mouth. No one can do these things, unless God is with you. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What does that have to do with him being from God and him being a rabbi that he can do these signs? What does that have to do with anything? He just jumps right out and says, "Uh, um." he doesn't say hi, doesn't say what's up. He just says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again or born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Here's an instance where I believe that Jesus was listening to two different voices. He's listening to Nicodemus comes up and he starts saying this, but he's also listening with his inner man because this, you ever had this whenever you're talking with someone and all of a sudden God starts speaking to you while they're speaking, you start, you got start getting something in your heart. They're saying something to you and all of a sudden you start hearing something. This is important. When you're talking with someone, you also need to be listening to the Holy Spirit. So he's listening to Nicodemus and Nicodemus starts in all this stuff about, Hey, you're, you're from God. We believe. All, and all of a sudden God starts speaking to him and says, Hey, tell him that he's got to be born again. And so he ignored everything. It's like Nicodemus came up and Jesus was like, wah, 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 I can't what you're saying. All I'm hearing is that you must need, must need to be born again. So this is what we've got to do in our relationships. We've got to listen with our outer man and listen with our inner man. When someone's talking with you and telling you what's wrong, you need to listen to the Holy Spirit because Jesus say, uh-uh, that's not what's wrong. This is what's wrong. I know they think this is the problem, but I'm going to tell you what the real problem is. The real problem is this right here. They've been mad at that person for the last six years and they won't let go of it. And they think it's this over here and it's right here. We need to listen with our inner man and our outer man. We got to hear what God's saying. So he says, you know, unless you're born again or born from above, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So <laughs> Nick says, uh, so how, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Notice the layer of sarcasm that Nick's throwing down here. Jesus just said, unless you're born from above or born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And he said to him, how can a man be born? You know, Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. This is a smart dude. So he starts to be a little bit condescending. I feel like I'm reading into this. He's been a little condescending. He said, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter in a second time into his mother's room and be born? I mean, come on, Jesus. Really, Jesus. We knew you were a little bit crazy, but. He starts, but the problem is Jesus laid down an inner man truth and Nicodemus tried to run it through his outer man understanding. Here's what we got to be ready for. Jesus will drop things in your heart in your inner man that your outer man won't be able to grasp hold of. See, Jesus dropped a truth bomb, inner man truth, and Nicodemus tried to run it through his brain to figure out what he was saying. He's got to engage in the right thing. See, we talk about this. Your outer man is nosy. God will speak something to your heart and tell you to do something and then your outer man will say, hey, what what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? What in the world are you doing? Why why are you you saying those things? I don't see anything like that. I don't hear anything like that. What are you doing? What are you talking about? Your outer man's gonna try and argue out of what God said to you in your heart. And this is what's happening. Jesus spoke something in the spirit and the inner man and the outer man tried to process. it. He tried to, tried to figure it out. So when God speaks something to your heart, don't ask your brain to validate it for you. Paul said it this way. He said, once I heard from God, I no longer conferred with flesh and blood. And that includes yourself. Sometimes God's going to say something to you and your outer man's going to say, we'll see. You got to say, yes, you will see. You gotta say, shut your pie hole outer, man. I'll let you know when you can bring your opinion to the table. God spoke this to my heart. So, this is what he's given here to, to uh, Nicodemus. So, now it goes on. Verse five. So, Jesus realized that he had left the station and Nicodemus didn't get on the train. He dropped, he dropped this truth bomb about the spirit man, about the inner man needing to be born again, and Nicodemus was not picking up what Jesus was throwing down. So, he had to go back and pick him up. So he goes back in verse five to pick him up and he says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, natural birth, what happens when a, when a mother is getting ready to have a baby, what breaks her water breaks. Nicodemus was talking about, nat, or Jesus was talking about spiritual birth. Nicodemus in verse four went to natural birth. So Jesus in verse five comes back and says, Okay, no, you thought I was talking about natural birth. Everyone that we see here, he gives him verse five, then most assuredly, unless you're born of water, natural birth, and of the spirit, inner man, outer man, and inner man, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. We need two births to enter the kingdom of heaven. How many do you have? You got to have a natural birth and you have to have a spiritual birth. If all we have is an outer man birth, then we're not going to make it into heaven. If I have an outer man birth and I try and be a good person and do good outer man things, I will never see the kingdom of God. I have to have a spiritual rebirth on the inside. I gotta gotta be born of my mama, and I gotta be born of my papa. See, I've had an outer man birth. I was birthed into this world through Susamear a few years ago. It was a glorious entrance into the world. (laughs) My mom would love to tell you about, I'm sure, every year my birthday, she tells me. So anyway. I was 10 pounds, 10 ounces. There was a lot of baby there. Yeah. Yeah, extend your hand toward Florida. She would receive any prayers right now. So now, that's my outer man. And that's good. I was born of my mama, but I needed to be born again. I needed to be born of my papa. And that's what Jesus was saying. He said, everyone's got to be born of their outer man and their inner man. See, the, the Nick was focused on the outer man, the physical birth, but Jesus was talking about the inner man. The outer man cannot be born again, but the inner man must be born again. You cannot be born of your mother, be a good person, attend church, and expect to go to heaven. I would love to tell you it's going to happen, but I would be doing you a major disservice that if you didn't hear and understand, my spirit must be born again. Amen. Have to have a born-again spirit. That's why I like to ask people. I say, tell me about when you were born again. Well, I have went to church since I was a little kid. and That's not what I ask you. Tell me about when everything changed for you. Yeah. Um, God, I don't know. Just... I don't care if it was five years old, six years old, you need to know there was a moment when I prayed and asked Jesus to come into my life and I've never been the same since. It doesn't have to be this all encompassing story. Some people think they've got to have this major testimony of a radical turnaround, served the devil for years and radically came back. And served. It could have been at five years old. You prayed, asked Jesus come into your, into your heart and you've just served him ever since. That is an incredible testimony. Thank you, Jesus for saving you from all of that junk that you didn't have to go through because you gave Jesus your heart at an early age. But this is why we got to understand we've got to have both births. Jesus said, unless you're born of water and of the Spirit. So let me drop this down to you. This is why Jesus had to be born of a woman. You ever wonder why the Son of God didn't just show up on the earth? Why didn't he just show up and start walking around? Jesus had to be born of a woman. He had to come through the womb of the woman. Why is that? Because anything on this earth that has legal, God-given authority must come through a woman. You're gonna to have to catch this revelation. This will help you. It has to come through a woman. Why is that? Genesis 1, verse 26. Here's what God said. He said, then God said, let us make what? Man. Man. Mankind. This is male and female. In our image, according to our likeness, let them have what? What? Let them have dominion over the fish, over the birds, over the cattle, over how much of the earth? No, how much of the earth? How much of the earth? Who had dominion over all the earth from God's lips? Man did, mankind, male and female. So who had the legal authority on the earth? Mankind did. How much is all? How much, let me ask you this, how much is left over after all? None. So how much dominion did did the devil have? none. So if the devil had none, how did he get any? He stole man's authority because mankind come through a woman is what God set up. This is who's going to have dominion over the earth. They must be born of a woman. So mankind gave their authority and dominion to the devil. When they ate the fruit, they chose to put the devil in charge. They gave him their authority. So now Jesus Let me say it this way. Jesus was called two things. He was called the Son of God and the Son of. Why was he called both? Great question. Son of God represents inner man, Son of God, or Son of Man represents outer man. The Son of God did not need to defeat and gain authority over the devil. The Son of God had never lost it. But the Son of Man had. Jesus did not need to defeat the devil. He created the devil. Mankind needed to have victory over sin, over the grave, over hell, over death. Mankind. So Jesus had to come as a man to get back what man had lost. That's why he was called the son of man, because he had to come. So he had to have a physical outer man birth to have legal authority to gain back what we lost. This is what he won for us. So we got to see this. The son of God did that. So the victory is available in our inner man. Now let's go over to Ephesians chapter two. Let me show you this. Man, you need to get that. Jesus didn't need to defeat the devil. I did. So he defeated him for me as a man. And he said, if you just put your faith and trust in me and use my name, now you can walk in my authority that I purchased." Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, you've got authority through Jesus. As a male or a female today walking around, he has given you dominion over the devil. If all authority is given to Jesus, how much is left over for the devil? None. So we got to look at the devil and say, hey, you're a poser. Any, I'm about to tear somebody up here because, because God was just reminding me of this this week. He said, chap, if, if I've given all power and authority to the devil or to, to you through Jesus, then why are you tripping over the devil? Everything he has is illegal. He has no power. He has no power. I don't I care how many movies Hollywood makes. I don't care how big a deal they make about the devil has no legal power. Ooh, you better not say that. The devil going to get you. That's the problem. That's the problem. We've heard too many false teachings. We've heard people just build up the devil like, ooh, you better not say anything. The devil going. I don't care if he hears what we say. He has no authority. He has no authority over you through Jesus. I'm not talking about independent of God. I'm talking about with God. I'm not talking about that I don't need God. I've I've been given authority only through Jesus and everything he tries to take from me is illegal. If he's possessing something that God wants me to have, then all I don't have to ask him and beg him and plead with him. I just go back, give me that back. That doesn't belong to you. That belongs to me. Give me my joy back. Give me my peace back. Who you think you are? Get out of here. Go. We don't have to ask the devil. It's illegal. Illegal. You found Ephesians chapter two. I'm getting a little stirred up. Look at this verse, two, verse one. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. You he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. Verse one. We're talking about inner man or outer man. If you were dead in trespasses and sins and made alive, we're talking about the inner man. Here's what this verse tells you. We can be walking around, breathing, eating, sleeping, and be dead. You can be walking around as alive as you can be on your outside and your inside, be dead as a doornail. That's what's happening. He says, you made alive. So when we get born again, Our inner man now becomes alive with Christ, and our outer man is still uh, passing away. So we got both things going on. I can be alive in my outer man and dead on my inner man, and I can be dead on my outer man and still be alive on my inner man. Did you grasp that? Jesus said this way, though you were dead, yet shall you live. It's a good deal to be a believer. You're never going to die now. Once you get born again, you're never going to die. You're never going to taste of death again. Well, that's why you're not be afraid to die. Because it's only your outer man. Yeah. <laughs> Go on to verse 2. I got I to hurry. In which you once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of dis- disobedience, among whom, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us. Even when we were dead, we're dead. Inner man made us alive. Our inner man's now alive with Christ. By grace, you've been saved and raised us up. Who'd he raise us up? Inner man or outer man? man. Ah, You're catching on. He's raised you up inner man. So when your outer man feels like you're way down, call on your inner man and say, hey, you've been raised up to seat with Christ. We're evaluating, and I'm just talking to myself, so just be encouraged. We're evaluating our spirituality based on the position of our outer man. Too many times we're waiting to see how we feel about our relationship with God instead of saying by faith where I am in my relationship with God. Hey, I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ. Come on, flesh and soul, encourage yourself right now. Be encouraged. You're a son or a daughter of God. Well, I just don't feel like God even hears my prayer. I know we don't feel like it, but that's not who he saved. He didn't save my outer man. He saved my inner man. And he's calling my inner man to preach to my outer man once in a while and say, hey, here, Chad, look. He's raised you up together and seated with with Christ in heavenly places. Bring yourself up. Well, I just don't feel it. I know we don't feel it, but we got to believe it. (laughs) You grasp it? So we we were dead in our inner man or because of Adam, we were dead. Here is what Romans five twelve says: Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. Here is something I want you to get: God did not punish Adam with death because he ate the fruit. Some people think God said, "Okay, you are going to eat that fruit? Bam, you are dead." No, Adam of his own free will chose death. You're like, he didn't choose death. He just ate some fruit. No, he chose to go against the word of God. He chose to go against the word of God. He didn't punish him in that. Look what it said in Genesis two, verse 17. He said, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Words of God. The day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, let me ask you this. The day that he ate fruit, did he die? I realize it's a bit of a trick question. The answer is yes and no. Did he die outer man? No. Adam lived 930 years. So the day that he went against the word of God, did he die on the outer man? No. Where did he die? Inner man. God is speaking and dealing with our inner man. So now when we choose to go against the word of God and go against what God says, it's not gonna be a direct effect on our outer man, it's gonna be our inner man that's affected by it. It's gonna be on the inside. Adam's sin was not an outer man issue, it was an inner man issue. When we sin against God, it's not about what happens on the outside, it's what happens on the inside. It's not about what you do, it's about your heart. God's not as upset about the act that you did as he is the motive that made you do it. See, we're always trying to clean up our acts, and God says, no, clean up your heart. If you'll clean up your heart, the outside things will change. Well, I just need to stop looking at porn. If I can just stop doing it, if I can just stop doing it. It's not just about stop looking at it. It's change your motivation of your heart, and you won't want to do it anymore. Because you can do Christian things. I'm here every Sunday. Here I am again. I'm faithful. But your heart could be totally filthy. Because Jesus said this way, on the outside, you guys are beautiful whitewashed tombs. Inside, you're full of dead men's bones. So he's telling us what we do on the outside is a result of what's dominant on the inside. He chose death Over life. Now, listen, why? That's one important part. And I'll try and land the plane here. I got a lot lot to say. God's words. Notice the power of what he told Adam. The day you eat of the fruit, you will surely what? You will die. Adam and Eve looked at the fruit, saw that it was good. Huh, I'm still breathing. Adam, eat some. I didn't die. They were looking at the wrong man. God's words, man, this is gonna be good. Hope hope it comes alive in you like like you spoke to me. God's words are not suggestive rules. John 6, 63 says it this way, bring that up. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. When he said don't eat the fruit, that was a life word going to them. And when they chose against God's word, they chose death because they went against the word of God. We don't think that way sometimes. We wanna analyze the act and say, well, I don't think that's deserving of death. Jesus's words are life to you. When he says don't have sex before marriage, it's not a suggestive rule to to cramp your fun life. It's life to you. It's life to you. Receive this word, it is life to you, he says. Well, I just don't see the big deal or just stuff like that. It's life. So if his words are life, then going against his words are, drop the mic. Right? But we wanna run it through our ideas and think about it and say, well, I just think that's a little much. But he's only giving us these words so we'll understand the purpose and the reason behind it. As he's saying, I'm not punishing you for disobeying me, I've empowered you. So I just wanna speak this to you. Today, your inner man is what God is trying to draw to a place to change you from the inside out. So I'm to drop this with you. Your feelings, I want you to ask this. This is what I started asking God, I've been reevaluating my life. What I feel today, God, is this from you? He's like, no. Well then why am I worrying about it? So I began shaking off things that I had been wearing. It's been the most liberating thing that I've experienced in a while. And all that happened, all that happened, nothing changed on the outside, nothing changed circumstantially, something changed on the inside where I just stopped believing the lie. I said, wait a minute, that feeling's not from you? No, son. I never told you to feel that way. I never said that about you. (laughs) Well, I'll be jiggered. So, so I just said, okay, I don't feel that way anymore. Well, it's easy for you to say. No, it's not easy for me to say. You don't know what I'm walking through. It's not easy to say when we feel the opposite. Am I right? It's, it's, It's not easy to walk it out, but I've just started saying systematically. No, I refuse that feeling. That's not what God says about me. That's not what he says about my life. That's not what he says about my family. That's not what he says about my finances, my physical health, whatever it is. You say, wait a minute, that's not what God says. So now, ah, I'm not hooked on a feeling anymore. I'm not hooked on the feeling anymore. I'm hooked on the word of God. That's my desire. I'm not saying I don't struggle with it just like anyone else, but I'm saying I'm hooked on what God says. So God, what's gonna support my day today? I'm hooked on the word of God. I'm hooked on it. It's gonna hold me up. My feelings gonna come and go. But I wanna analyze each one of them. Wait a minute, here you come. (laughs) Let me see, where'd you come from? What's your source? It's from God. Okay, I'll receive it. But I'm gonna ask him how long I need to feel that way.